First Corinthians chapter number 13, verse 12, the Bible says that for now we see through a glass dimly or darkly, but then face to face. Says, now I know in part, but then I know even as, but then I shall know even as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, and charity. These three are the greatest is charity. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Paul said, endlessly covet the best gifts, yet show are you a more excellent way. Hallelujah. Okay. Endlessly covet the best gifts, yet I show you a more excellent way. The the maturity or the maturing process in the faith, which is a work of the Holy Ghost in our lives, is actually a training to approve of excellent things. It is a training by the Spirit of God to be able to distinguish those things that are excellent and walk in the excellent ways of the Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul says, endlessly covet the best gifts. There are things that are good. There are things that are better. There are things that are even best in the kingdom of God. And it is all dependent on how how well you have allowed the Holy Spirit to train you to be able to approve of these things. Hallelujah. And the more you allow the Holy Spirit, He will train you in such a way that you'll be able to approve of them and be able to choose them for your own life. Hallelujah. The Bible says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know what that good and acceptable and what that perfect will of God is for your life. You see, there are levels of the will of God for your life. The good, there is the acceptable. The acceptable is better than the good. And there is the perfect will, which is the best for your life. Hallelujah. But there is also that excellent way. Zegomahai. And it's all a choice. It's well in the kingdom of God, but it's a choice. And through the Holy Spirit, our eyes are opened more so that we see clearly that we will be able to approve of excellent things. One of the excellent ways, Paul tells us, is the way of love. Paul says, if I know all mysteries, if I understand all mysteries, and I have no love, I'm nothing. Paul says that if I could speak with the tongues of angels and the tongues of men, and I have not love, I'm like a clanging symbol. If I give my body to be bent, and I have not love, he says, it profited me nothing. Hallelujah. Hmm. Now we see darkly as through a glass, but then we shall see face to face. Even now, we know in part but then we shall know as we are known. Hallelujah. Paul is talking about the time when perfection comes. Amen. Amen. And I know that your heart cannot wait until then. But you see, 
Now is the perfect for you. The Holy Spirit is working on you or working on us all to bring us gradually to that place of perfection. Amen and amen. 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 He's working on us. Gradually you'll be able to you start seeing clear. Then as he takes you higher, your vision becomes clearer. And the way you approach certain things begin to change. Your understanding of certain things begin to change. And, and you see better. You understand? There are people that live in their understanding. Their understanding is a one-dimensional understanding. They understand things in 1D. Others understand things in 2D. Others... The Holy Spirit has taken them so high, they understand things in 3D, so they see a better picture. But I tell you, the third third dimension is not all there is. There is the fourth dimension. There is the fifth dimension. There is the sixth dimension. And there is the seventh. There are dimensions. The higher you go, the higher you go, the better you see. The Bible says that God called Moses and Joshua and the 70 elders to the mountain. The Israelites were at the base of the mountain. And at the base of the mountain, they saw God on top of the mountain as fire and smoke and thunder. When they climbed up, the 70 elders and Moses and Joshua climbed up the mountain, they got to the middle of the mountain. The Bible says that there, they, they, ate, they saw the feet of God. Hallelujah. They saw the feet of the fellow man. That was actually Christ. In all of God's dealings in the Old Testament, it was Christ. Hallelujah. They saw the feet of the Son of Man, the Son of God. They saw his feet. And the Bible said that they ate and drank with God over there at that level. At that level, when they had climbed the mountain, they did not see God as smoke and thunder and fire. No. They saw another side of God. So they better appreciated who he was. Their understanding of Elohim was different. Because they were at a level where they were seeing him in a different light than the Israelites at the bottom. And Moses and Joshua went up to the top of the mountain. Hallelujah. And even there, Joshua stayed on top and Moses did not just stay there. He entered the cloud. For 40 days, Moses was in the cloud. What do you think Moses was doing? He was not just receiving the Ten Commandments. I personally believe that was when God actually showed him the story of creation. He showed the Son of Man. You know what the Bible says that Moses saw the back of God, the Son of God, Christ Jesus. Moses entered the cloud. And from that level where he had such communion with him, his understanding, his vision was different. Now notice, the Israelites were at the base of the mountain. And all they saw God to be was fire, thunder, and lightning. That was all they saw God to be. So when they go out there to tell other people of this God, that's all they could describe about him. 
He was somebody they could not have any intimate relationship with. How can you have intimate relationship with fire and thunder and lightning? As a matter of fact, they were actually running away. But the 70 elders, they saw the feet of God. They saw the feet of God. And they bound with him. And Moses entered the cloud. Hallelujah. Brethren, what is God trying to tell us? It's an invitation to come higher. It's an invitation to go deeper. There are higher heights. There are deeper depths. Hallelujah. It's not enough to stay at the base of the mountain of God. Anybody who comes into Christ is at, that, at the base of that mountain. But you must not stay there. Over there, you have a one-dimensional view of God. As a matter of fact, okay, uh, even at that level, probably you have a three-dimensional view of God. You can, you, uh, you've probably gone ahead. You have a better understanding of God than most people. Amen. So you don't have a four-dimensional view of God because the fourth dimension is the dimension of faith. So you see God through the eye of faith. Hallelujah. So you're actually on the fourth dimension. But I tell you, there's a faith, there's a sixth, and there's a seventh, and you have to go further. You see, unbelievers in the world, they can see God in the third dimension. They can see him. They can experience him. They can see the works of his hands and the things that he has done. They can tell that there is a God, but they cannot really put their fingers to who he is and what he is. But you who through the revelation of Christ has come to know God, you've come to know him through faith in Christ Jesus. So you are there. Hallelujah. But there is a fifth dimension. There is a fifth dimension and there is a seventh dimension. We can go further. We can experience more of him. We can see more of him. We can commune with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Anyways, that is not my message. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said is not your message. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's not my message. You know me. It, it looks like always I have two things to say. Right. Yeah. Yes, we we know about that, huh? <laughs> Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, he's known for a long time. <laughs> Hallelujah. We give praise to God. But you know, tonight I want us to finish up what we started last week. What we started last week. Um, I don't want to deviate from what we're doing last week. We were studying um, John chapter number 17, the prayer of Christ for the church, his disciples, and us also. And we we ended at verse 17. John 17, 17, we ended here. It says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. Somebody's heart is saying, Pastor Sam, why don't you continue the message you are sharing when Earlier on. Brethren, I'll continue. Don't worry. There's more to share on that. There's more to the dimension. There, there are more dimensions in God. And there's a, there's, there's a way to, to, to climb higher. Hallelujah. There's a way to climb higher. Mm. There's a way to climb higher. 
it is not a secret way. No. It is not a secret way to come. You see, Jesus says something. Let me share this with you. Jesus said, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have hidden these mysteries from the learned and you've shown it to the children. Do you remember Jesus said that? The mysteries, when we talk about mystery in the kingdom, when, the, when you read any part of the Bible where it says mystery, mystery, it's talking about a secret knowledge. A secret knowledge that is not really secret to you, the believer, but secret to the world, but it's a common knowledge among believers. A knowledge which you receive when you come into Christ, it's a knowing, like Paul said, for we know that all things work together for good. It's not like a new knowledge we have gained, it's an awareness. You understand? It's an awareness. And nobody can really understand it unless they come into Christ. Or they come into that level. You know, occult has secret knowledge. You understand? When you enter the occult, you get to know certain things that they do and certain things they stand for and all those things. People at the outside don't know them. So everything and they, they look so abstract to them. That's the same way it is. In the kingdom of God, the mysteries of the kingdom are for you. The Bible says that unto you it is giving to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Hallelujah. So it's actually not a secret per se. It, it, is a, it looks secretive to the world, but to us it is, it is known. Hallelujah. The thing that God showed, the thing that the Spirit of God showed Paul the more excellent way, which is love. Because you see, they were walking by faith. But Paul said, listen, by faith, they were doing so many things, healing the sick, operating the gift of the Spirit. So Paul said, covet endlessly the best gifts, right? How do you covet the best gifts? By faith. How do you walk in miracles? By faith. How do you prophesy? By faith. How do you heal the sick? By faith. Hallelujah. How do you speak in tongues? By faith. How do you interpret tongues? By faith. How do you discern spirits? By faith. But Paul was saying, now listen, all these things in the realm of faith, in the third dimension of faith. You understand? But I show you a more excellent way. Then we begin to talk about love. That means love is in a different dimension. It's a dimension a step further. Love is the fifth dimension. He said, Paul, he said, listen, I want you to come higher. This is not all there is. Even though this dimension is full of miracles and power, you can literally experience the power of God on a level that you've never seen before. I want to tell you that there is a place higher. There is a realm that is higher. And the only way you can walk in that realm is the secret the door, the secret door to that realm is love. Because it's the realm of love. It has yet show you a more excellent way. Then he begins to talk about love. Hallelujah. Then he begins to talk about love. Love is patient. That's the first thing he says of love. So beautiful. Love is what? Love is patient. Love is kind. You know, sometimes you can be in the fourth dimension and you are so impatient. You put your faith in impatience. <laughs> but when you, when you come to the fifth dimension, the place of love, you are walking in love. You are patient. Love is greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Anyways, let's not finish that message.
I want to make sure I have messages for the rest of the month, for the rest of June. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen and amen. Oh, all these things are for you. They are for you. God has made them available for you. And his heart desire is for us to come and experience it. It's to come and experience it. It's to come and experience it. God wants us to so desire. They will come and experience. Listen, you know the word of God, the, the, the scripture that says that the desire of the righteous shall not be cut off. And that delight yourself in the Lord and you grant you the desires of your heart. You see, sometimes I feel like then we are too carnal. Man, I feel like we are, our mind is so in this third dimension of this world that we can't see beyond. So, Every application of that of the scripture, we only apply that, those scriptures to things of this life. So the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and you grant you the desires of your heart. So as we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, the desire of our heart really is for a car, for a house, for a job, for a career. And those are the So God granted the desires of our hearts, really. But I tell you, they are, they are big. As you, listen, as you, as you delight yourself in the Lord, Right? As your heart desires the Son of Man to see the glory of the Son of God, as you delight in Him that way, listen, He begins to open up things, the glories of Christ to you. Then your heart begins to desire those things, and God will not withhold them from you. Your heart begins to desire the greater glories of Christ, and God will not withhold them for you. Why? Because you delight in him. The man that delights in God is he that fears him. Right? The Bible says that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. So really, that scripture is much more than just desires like, you know, things, just the things of this life. Yes, he will. But there are greater things. Do you know that you can be caught up into glory and God begins to show you things? And just like he showed Moses, Things concerning the tabernacle in heaven. He took Paul over there. And Paul had words which are not lawful for men to speak. Listen, I Paul entered the age to come. And he came back and he was speaking to us of things of that, that age to come. You can literally enter the mind of God. Do you know Revelation is simply done? John entered the mind of God and was pouring forth what was in the mind of God. So, oh, there's more, there's more, there's more. Oh, I pray that our desire for spiritual things will be greater. Hmm? Sister Lorraine always says, Pastor Sam, you are always bashing the women. I was just about to say something about women, and I remembered what she, she said to me the other time. <laughs> so let me, let me apologize in advance. Ladies, there's more than Brazilian hell. 
Hallelujah. Look at Enoch. Let me give you an example. A man like Enoch. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. That word walk there is so deep. It's so deep. Enoch walked with God and he was not. There are so many people in the Bible who walked with God. But the depth of Enoch's walk tells you that it was not just, I know God, I pray to him. No. Enoch had entered dimensions where he was literally communing with the Son of Man. That is talking about, talking about Christ Jesus. He was talking, he was communing with, at such level. At the point, he just said to him, Enoch, just stay on this side. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and was not. He entered there and did not come back again. Mm. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. You know? And the biggest distraction of the devil is to use things of this life, you know, to occupy us so much, so much, that we, we scarcely even can think we are so busy, you know, you have to go to work, you have to do this, you have to do this. There's so many things, so busy that we can even think about, you know, the glories and the powers of the age to come. We can't even think about that. We can we, we can exercise our mind on that. That's why no wonder those days, those monks, they will hide themselves in caves and all those things, you know. Because they felt every other thing in the world was a distraction. But, as, but they, yes, they did it for, you know, Different reasons. Hallelujah. That is why sometimes when you fast, that is sometimes most times when you when you actually fast, you have to just seclude yourself from everything and just hide yourself and just be there with God and and, and let God deal with God. Then God will deal with you, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. John John seventeen. John seventeen. John 17, verse 18. Hallelujah. A few things here. We talked about 17, verse, chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. We discussed that. Look at verse 18 here. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, Jesus said, as thou hast, Jesus is still praying, don't you? He is still praying to the Father. He says, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them. Into the world. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. That God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. And Jesus here is saying that as thou hast sent me into the world, what was the purpose for which God sent Christ into the world? It was to give life and give life abundantly. Oh. Hallelujah. To give life and give it abundantly. To give life and give it abundantly. Amen and amen. amen. To give life and give it abundantly. In the same way, Jesus is saying, 
Even so, have I also sent them into the world. Meaning that the mission of Christ is our mission. We said that last week. So as I'm going into the world, I'm going into the world to also give life and give it well abundantly. Hallelujah. That is, I'm holding forth the word of life who is Christ to all men, like Paul did. Now, I know that in certain circles, you hear this from a lot of prophets sometimes in our day. They talk about how the devil comes there but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life, and you, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we think the abundant life is, you know, and a lot of people have explained what the abundant life is. And then many books have been written about, oh, the abundant life is you having a happy family and you, you, you just enjoy your life here on the earth and, you know, everything is rosy and everything is nice. That's the abundant life. Oh, you have to be happy. You have to be happy. If you're not happy in your life, you want to enjoy the abundant life. That's, that's the abundant life to them. You see, the reason they see the abundant life that way is because of where they are in the mountain of God. Hallelujah. The abundant life is much more. Actually, that is just an iota of it. What, what was the reason that Christ came to give abundant life? In the garden, gee, God said to them, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. In that day, you will die. When they ate, we know Adam and Eve did not physically die. They died spiritually. They lost their, their vital union with God. That is, the Holy Spirit by whom they could communicate and have access with God, they lost it. The Holy Spirit is access. Hallelujah. He is access to the Father. That's why the Bible says that he who does not have the Holy Spirit is none of Christ. He who does not have the Spirit of Christ is none of him. The Bible says that by one Spirit... We all have access. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has access. And in the garden, they lost the Spirit divine. Hallelujah. So the, and because they lost the Spirit divine, they lost that vital life of God that was given unto them. And Christ came not just to take us back to where we used to be, but even more. Hallelujah. So the abundant life is not I'm happy in this life, I'm enjoying my life. You know, like I'm, like you hear sometimes some of, some of these uh, motivational speakers will be telling you, the abundant life is not, it's actually the spiritual life of God. That is the abundant life. The abundant life. Hallelujah. The abundant life is simply eternal life. The spirit life, hallelujah, where you can commune and know God for yourself and know him and walk with him. You know the song, I went to the garden alone, what a dew is there on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ears. the sun of man was closing. And he walked with me and he talked with me. And he tells me all that is the abundant life. 
Jesus has already defined it. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom we have sent. That is the abundant life. So if you are walking in this life and you are not growing in your knowledge of God, you are not experiencing the abundant life. You may have the cars and the houses and everything. You are not experiencing the abundant life yet. If you are not growing that way, if, if, if you are not having such intimate fellowship with them, communion with God, hey, you are not experiencing that abundant life. And we have not even scratched the surface yet. Hallelujah. Of the light that is in us. Of that life that is in us. So, so we also have been given that same mission of holding forth. Jesus came to give life. And we have been sent to also go into the world. What else to do? But to hold forth the word of life. The word of life. Hallelujah. Because this life which is Christ has been put in his, his word, which is the gospel that we preach. So as we hold forth the word of life to men, they may come to the knowledge of Christ and experience the abundant life. Now, because sometimes we define that life wrongly, the word of life we hold to men is different. Why do I say that? We tell people to come to Christ and you take them to their wildest dreams. You make all their wildest dreams come true because that is what we believe is the abundant life, your wildest dream coming through. So the word of life we tell them is, come to Christ and all your dreams will come true. He will take you places you never imagined. <laughs> come to Christ and he will do this for you. Come to Christ and he will do that. It's about what Christ will do for you. Hallelujah. But that's an error. So the guy comes to Christ, not because he recognizes that he is dead in his trespasses and sins and needs the life of God so that he can commune with him. No. He's coming to Christ because he has wild dreams that need to be fulfilled. <laughs> and Jesus is the one who will fulfill them for him. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's about them and their dreams that need to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Amen. So when it comes to church, the reason they are coming to church is not because they are coming to seek life. It's not because they are coming to seek Jesus. They are coming for their own thing. Hallelujah. Amen. For other things. But it's a great error that has entered and is plaguing the church. Amen and amen. Amen. But it will not be so among us. As we step out and we hold for the word of life unto all men, we we'll let them know through the word we speak of them, what this life really is and what this life will bring to them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's let's continue. Amen. Look at the next one. Jesus says, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified through the truth. 
Listen to verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. They shall believe on me through their word. Hallelujah. There are a lot of things I want to say concerning this. So Jesus' prayer was not just for the 12 disciples or apostles at that time. He was praying for every single person that would ever come to believe as the word is preached. That means that a man cannot believe without a word spoken. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes believers will say, oh, you, I, for me, I just, I, you know, let's, let's pray. Praying is not enough. Praying is not enough. Like the way we be praying for the nations of the world. It's good because we are not there. We pray for the ministers of God who are there so that they can go out and preach the gospel. It's good. But praying is not enough. You must speak the word. The Bible says that how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach if they be not sent? Has God sent you? Yes. Has he given you a word to preach? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Men will not believe until you preach. So open your mouth and speak the word. Hallelujah. Amen. The thing the devil is doing is to silence believers. Is to mute us. Put a spiritual guard upon our mouth so we can speak. So they are believers. They become they, 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 you know, they become damp in the midst of their friends. They become damp in the midst of the world. They can't say anything. They can't do, they, they can't say anything. But you have to speak. 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 Until you speak, men will not hear and believe. Faith comes by what? Hearing. By hearing. So you must speak the word. You see why it's important to speak the word? You must speak the word. Those who come to believe through their word. Men will come to believe lying through the word. So be careful the things you are saying. What is your testimony about Christ to other people? Felicia, men will come to believe through your word. What is your testimony about Christ? What are you saying? What are you saying? It's so important. Hallelujah. So important. Men will come to believe through your word. Therefore, speak the word. Look at verse 21. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen and amen. The oneness amen. of the body of Christ is an indication to the world that God truly sent Jesus. Amen and amen. And I know that right now you are shaking your head because if you look at the amount, the, the level of differences in, the, in Christendom right now, it's amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. There are so many different sects and groups and things. People love to identify themselves by denomination rather than by Christ. Some say I'm of this, some say I'm of that, some say I'm of this, some say I'm of that. We've, we've forgotten that it is the same spirit that is at work in all of us. Let me rephrase that, that, that statement. It is the same spirit that works in all those who truly belong to Christ. Mm. Not because not everybody who, who calls Christ, who mentions the name Christ or 
establishes a church or whatever has the Spirit of God working in him. Hallelujah. Some don't believe as we believe. Amen and amen. And our oneness truly comes from the Spirit. Hallelujah. From the Spirit of God. Because it is the same Spirit that is in me. It is the same Spirit that is in you. So if we both have the same Spirit, we will have the same witness. Amen and amen. Amen. Do you know John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from death? And Jesus was conceived by the Holy Ghost. So when Mary met Elizabeth, the baby in her jumped for joy. It was the Spirit of God. It was the same Spirit in them. That is why there are certain people, you meet them. The moment you meet them, you guys just, you know, as Christians, you just, you just, why? Because it is the Spirit of God, the same Spirit. I'm not talking about somebody you meet and you guys just click because you all like movies. No. I'm talking about things of the faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it is our oneness comes from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let me rush to this here. Look at verse 22. Um, look, at, look at verse 20. It says, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Oh. I thought God does not share his glory with any man. But look at this. The Bible says, Jesus says, The glory which thou gavest me, I've given unto them. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The glory God gave Jesus, he's given unto us. Amen and amen. There's more to say about that. But let's go on. He says, That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may, may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Hallelujah. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. But then this is the desire of Jesus. He's talking to the Father. He says that I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. The reason Jesus went to prepare a place for you, so that you will be where he is, is so that you can behold the glory he had before he came. Hallelujah. When we go to heaven, what we are going to do is behold the glory of the Christ. Amen, amen. 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 That's all we get that we shall say, Then shall I bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great thou art. Hallelujah. Why? Because you will behold the glory of Christ Jesus. You know that he is no mere man. Hallelujah. You will see all his glory. He in the fullness of his glory. And your heart will proclaim, My God, how great thou art. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the reason we are going to heaven. We are not going to heaven so that we have rest from this world. No. We are going to heaven because we want to behold the glory of Christ. 
So if you don't love Christ now and your heart does not desire his glory, then you have no place in heaven. That's the reason we are going. Hallelujah. To behold the glory of the Christ. And even now, as our heart desires it, don't you think Christ will show you even more of his, some of his glory even before you get there? Because that is his heart desire that you be, see his glory. That you see his glory. That you see his glory. I tell you, brethren, if there's anything I know, when a man sees the glory of Christ, nobody, you don't need anybody to preach to you. Mm. When you see the glory of Christ, Paul encountered him, and that was it for Paul. Just a little bit, a glimpse of the glory. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at verse 25. Oh, righteous Father, the world had not known thee, but I have known thee. Listen, he says, the world has not known thee. In the book of First Corinthians or Romans, there are talks about how the world through wisdom did not know God. Amen and amen. And Jesus says, the world had not known thee. That means that the world cannot tell us who God is. You understand? You know, sometimes, so, uh, the other day I was watching a documentary on here and Morgan Freeman was narrating a story of God. It's uh, one of the documentaries by National Geographic or something like that. You know, using scientific whatever inquiries to find out who God is. That's foolishness. That's really foolishness because the world does not know God and the world cannot know God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. They are foolishness unto them unto men. They cannot discern it. So I, I, was, I was looking at that thing, I was like, what foolishness is this? You know, scientists are the most ridiculous people on this earth. I'm a scientist too, so I can say I can say that. Why? Because they still accept their scientific progress gives them some you know, um, some platform to make certain statements, philosophical statements or whatever that bother on, you know, faith and, 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 and spiritual things. That's, that's such an error. Hallelujah. He said, the world had not known thee. The world had not known thee. Amen. But look at this. He says, but I have known thee. That means the only person who can teach us about God is Christ Jesus. And he has done so in his word. Amen and amen. So don't look elsewhere. Don't look. You can't learn of God. You can't say all religions are following God. So I can learn something about God from Hindus or Muslims. Or No, 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 no. The world has not known God. Hallelujah. Amen. All the revelation of God is only in Christ because he's the only one who knows him. Muslims can't teach you anything about God. There's nothing they, they don't know jack about God. Hindus don't know anything about God. I don't know what I'm talking about. They don't. They don't know they don't know jack about God. Where did they see him? <laughs> what they know is the figment of their imagination. What they know is demons who have deceived them. Hallelujah. They don't know anything about God. 
backlash of politicians. As for them, they have lost as anything. <laughs> the only person who knows the Father is Christ. And it is only he that can show us who the Father is. And so listen to what he says. He says, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name. It is only Christ that can declare unto us the name of God. When I told you what the name of God is, it is a normal. It means the character, the dominion authority, and the excellencies of the Father, who he is. It's actually a revelation of his person, his personality. That's what the name is. So Christ declared. He made it known to us because he is the only person. Jesus said one time, he says, no man had at any time ever seen God, but the Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. Only Christ Jesus can show us the Father. And he has showed us the Father in his word. He came on this earth to show us the Father. That's what the Bible said. No man goes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. There is no other way. Amen and amen. Amen. We are bringing our message to a close. Verse 26. He says, I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. That means that he continues to declare it. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. The reason he's showing you the excellencies of the Father, the reason Christ is showing us the virtues, the person, the dominion, the authority of the Father, the character of the Father, is so that his love may be in us. So that his love may be in us. His love may be in us. The love of the Father may be in us. Mm. That his love may be in us. That's the reason he's declaring the name of the Father to us. Because God is love. By the time you come to the knowledge of Him, you'll be filled with His love. Hallelujah. Amen. So a man who says he knows God and does not walk in love, he's such a liar. He's the biggest liar on earth. Hmm. A man who says he knows God and does not walk in love, he's the biggest liar on earth. Why? Because by the time you have received that declaration or revelation of, from Christ of God, and you've come to know God, you are filled with His love. That's what, that's what Jesus said. But then, this is not my, my teaching. This is the teaching of Christ. They were, I've declared it unto them so that your love may be in them. The love of God may be in them. You understand? So you want to know a man who knows God, look at the men who walk in love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise and we give God glory. We give God praise and we give God glory. Brethren, we thank God for tonight. I'm bringing the message to a close. I know it's past night. I'm rounding up here. Listen, there's so many things we have shared in this John 17, so many deep truths, so many revelations. But if there's one thing I want you to take home tonight is this. 
Christ is revealing the Father to us so that his love may be in us. His love may be in our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. His love may be in our hearts. The divine key to the fullness of God is the love of God. The Bible says that we may know what the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of what the love of God is, that we may be filled with his fullness. Do you know you can be filled with the fullness of God? You can. The key to that is to be filled with his love. And it begins when Christ begins to show you who the Father is. And his love fills your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise tonight. We give God glory. You want to lift up your voice and begin to bless God tonight for his word that has come to us. You want to lift up your voice and just bring God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.